Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker. Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, I do hear you, CM Punk. Welcome back, maybe? But you know what? Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. A&E, and my co-host, the man, the myth, the reality, Q-Flow, Flow, the rookie. You, we back. We are back. You know what? I, I, I'm I, thinking about if I should start calling you, like, you know, Mr. 11,000, if I should. Mr. Mr. 11,000. Mr. 11,000. Like that. As that, you know, as that, uh... You know, the War Drum album, one of the hot Christian albums going on out there in the world today, in my For personal sure. opinion, you know what I'm saying, is, is being high. Got 11,000, was it streams or downloads? Streams. Streams, that's, you know, first of all, I ain't never knew a successful rapper this close. So, you know what? I'm happy <laughs> for you. Proud of you to all Thank that you, stuff. Thank you, sir. So, Thank yeah, you, make, sir. make sure y'all know y'all support the War Drum. All the links stuff will be in the description below, especially if you guys are listening to it from on YouTube. We'll listen to from all the podcast sets. But we're back here with another uh, wrestling podcast here. And uh, so we're going to get over some t- topics real quick. A lot of things happen in wrestling. I also talk about my, my little bit of my Friday night SmackDown experience. You know, I went there. The, uh, oh, yeah. We need that in, that in the building recap. The in the building recap. Yeah, I know. Because it, it, it was crazy there at SmackDown. So, um, first off, I want to make sure we give a shout out to SpacesPhilly.com. SpacesPhilly, the production company we are a part of. And uh, well, you get know, all your podcast needs. You listen to the shows such as the Lulu and Pop, Lulu and Pop Horror War Show, and both sides. Also, we are planning when it comes to not the, the, the no gimmicks. I'm gonna think of something to do for that. But when it comes to the end of the year for Nerd Gasm Talk Podcast, it's the show hosted by Swag on Zero and myself. We plan on having the best and worst of 2019 featuring the Mark and Dark Show. Hey. Yeah. So. Uh, we are trying to put that, that exactly, absolutely. Make sure we gave by on there as we can for the best words of twenty nineteen. But don't worry, we are gonna have stuff right here on No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast as well. And you can hear us on there, Spaces Philly, along with Nerd Guys We Talk, and along with Turntables, Hip Hop Culture, NBI, and Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tongue. Make sure you check catch us out on all your podcast needs 
uh, such as Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Speaker, uh, Google Play, and all that stuff. We're working on Spotify at the moment. And if you'd like to listen to us on uh, YouTube, check out YouTube Premium, where you guys don't have to sit there and just watch the video. You can just listen to us like a regular old podcast. And they have free trials going on. But once again, if you're a member of Google Play, you should have uh, YouTube Premium as well. So uh, I want to start off by uh, Friday... We went over to SmackDown. Now, uh-huh. me, we've been to SmackDowns before. Have you have you been to SmackDown before, Q Flow? No, I haven't. Okay, so we've been over to SmackDown, and I have to say, now I, I was like, the only reason I'm kind of excited because I want to see the new set in person. Right. Right. So I was do w- w- look at the new set, and I was just like, this looks sexy in person. It look it really does look good on TV, but being right there to see it, mm-hmm. I'm like it's it's, it's 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 kind of you know, I'm gonna say intimidating. If I was like still up there, I was like, but I like it, I do like it. Uh, so I want to give a quick SmackDown recap. Cause did, did you see SmackDown on Friday? Oh, excuse me. Yes, I did. Okay. Now, cause I, I I wanted to do this with you because I wanted to get your perception on the television and my mm-hmm. perception being there live. Because I heard two totally different reviews about SmackDown. So I'm curious. But number one, the pyro was back. And How did that go? Yo, real talk, we were kind of scared. All right? The pyro goes off. And I forgot. Because we haven't done pyro in like a couple years. Mm-hmm. And then it went off. And they was just shooting it at us. And I, yo... It really was intimidating. But people was jumping, getting scared, and we was laughing though as we was jumping because we was like, "Yo, we forgot there was Pyro. We forgot they brought Pyro back, and it was actually hilarious." Had the little girl Bianca next to me, she all jumping up on me and stuff like that. And I'm just like, uh, "Our friend really tried to be hard." I'm like, "No, no, you were scared, dude. I ain't want to hear it." And he turned around, I was like, "Wow!" And the people in the front row, the you know, the lady jump spilled the beer a little bit. I was just like. <laughs> This is great because we ain't see Pyro in a while, so uh, that was cool. Uh, the show starts off with Baron Corbin, King Corbin, excuse me, comes down with Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, basically going over the whole Roman Reigns thing and uh, and, and how Roode and Ziggler should be part of the team for Survivor Series. And in my personal yeah. opinion, yeah, they should. But I mean, since when you book them the way they do, I mean, how can they be on there? You know what I'm saying? But whatever. Uh. They said, well, we know we're going to uh, uh, try have a match tonight with Ali and Shorty G, and the winners are going to uh, be on Team SmackDown. And since uh, Corbin's going to be at ringside watching, he invites Roman Reigns to come down. So this guy comes down, the music plays, and then they got this little chihuahua barking, and this guy in this ugly-looking dog suit comes down. And this is, I was like, God, this is cringeworthy. Because... There, there are people in the audience that's just like, why? Cause I was thinking, right. why, why is this a thing? So then uh, Shorty G and Ali come out, and we get it, we have ourselves a tag match while the dog is still out hold on, there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Who? Shorty G? Oh, excuse and, me. Mustafa uh-huh. Ali. There you go. Got his name he back. He got his name back. He got his name, but you know what? Good, back. I, I, I hope he, I hope he fought for that name because that's part of his culture. So you know, I'm glad he got that name back. 
Uh-huh. He ain't Ali no more. He back to Mustafa Ali as it should be. So yeah, he was so uh he, he they had a tag team matchup. The match uh now watching the deadline was uh what was pretty decent. The Royal Roman Reigns obviously did come down and he was right there at ringside. And the funny thing is when I was there, we had some of the Philadelphia Eagles that was there in our original seats. Oh. So you know the seats that we usually get in like in the very front row, yeah. right there kinda of close towards the uh the commentary table, those were the Eagle seats. Oh. So they was up there, and they had you know, those guys made the show entertaining to me, because they was talking everybody that Roman was you know was getting close, and everybody was talking to Roman, you know, trying to get high fives stuff like that as the match was going on. So when the match breaks down, I, uh, when Roman goes and gives Bear Corbin, uh, excuse me, King Corbin, that shotgun drop, uh, kick, and then Rue comes out, hits uh, uh, Roman Reigns, and then Mustafa Ali gives a dive to those and knocks him over the table. Then inside the ring, we get a chaos theory by Shorty G, and Mustafa Ali hits the 450, and Ali, excuse me, Mustafa Ali and Shorty G remain on Team SmackDown as Dolphin Rue lose the matchup. Uh, it was the match was fine open the show, but all this King Corbin and making the you know the little dog bark thing, I'm over it. The crowd was into it here, so how was that home? Um. It was a pretty good. Um, now I did see some of this on the road at work, okay. so yeah. But um, from what I saw, it was, it was a pretty good match. Um, I thought the dog was going to be Roman, like how uh, Dean Ambrose was the bear. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, yeah, but but then I thought, all right, well if Roman's coming out, maybe the dog is somebody else. I'm saying like King Corbin has to have like a, a secret plan or something. Yeah. So why not? But I mean, the dog was a dog, I guess. Yeah, they did, they, did, they did nothing with the dog. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, then uh, we get, because, uh, you know, like I said, our seeing stuff backstage, and we don't we don't know what's going to a commercial or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, all of a sudden, we see Drew Gulak come out with the B team. Now, once again, I'm pretty sure when the TV came back on, it was already in the ring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Drew, Drew Gulak came out like being in Philly, where he's from. They were that hype for him uh, this time around. Uh, oh. Braun Strowman comes out, and then uh, basically this is uh, Drew Gulak trying to give a PowerPoint presentation of why Braun Strowman should not be a part of Team SmackDown, and basically it's a Braun Strowman beatdown, and that's basically all we get. And being there live, the crowd couldn't care less. We really didn't care. I mean, people was going out and getting, you know, the snacks, stuff like that. I was yeah, just like, it wasn't really, it wasn't really that, that good on TV either. Uh-huh. So. Uh, we get the Firefly Funhouse, and it's time How for... How was that? Now, it was time for Bray Wyatt to reveal the new uh, Universal Championship. So, we was all hyped, because when, when the Firefly Funhouse came on, everybody was in, in their bag. They were sitting there uh, screaming and hollering, all that stuff like that. And then uh, Bray Wyatt comes up on the screen, and he's just like, hey, something's missing here. It doesn't seem right. I was like, okay, reveal that new belt that I see you on with Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. They go and make the belt blue. <laughs> they go make the belt blue. I'm like, late. You... I don't know, because first of all, that makes that makes me look like a liar because you guys got to see what his belt looked like on Twitter. The custom Bray Wyatt fiend belt that he had. Uh 
looked uh-huh. sick. And it was like a darkish kind of brown belt. A little bit, it had, had nice kind of ridges and cracks on there. I was like, I like this. And I thought they were going to use that for the, for the new championship. No. They go and do what we all thought was going to happen. Made it blue. Made it blue. Lazy. Lazy. And we didn't like that here in Philly at all. When that happened, I was like, oh, you got to be drawing. But then we get backstage to Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan, and then he, he tried to tell Bryan to join him in Nakamura's allegiance, and then he, Daniel Bryan says no, and he's going to go to Miss TV tonight and go talk about why the Fiend tried to attack him. Braun Strowman is behind Sami Zayn uh, as he was talking smack to him, basically. Uh, then we get... Wait, hold on. Okay, that was backwards. So, so it's time for the Tag Team Championship uh, matchup between the New Day taking on uh, the Revival. Uh, right. So, it was cool because when the New Day came out, uh, the, the day was cool. Then I guess went to commercial break because Biggie came out, started talking to the Eagles guys, and then uh, Kofi was in <laughs> was in the ring talking the Eagles guys doing the whole Dak Prescott warm up that's, that's been going around now. Uh, with the pan- he did that the whole commercial break with the pancakes in his hand. Since, oh my god! Yeah. Did you get a pancake? No, I didn't get pancake this time. Okay. I didn't get pancake. People in my area did, though, but I didn't get pancake this time. But yeah, uh, he, he, he was doing that as Biggie was uh, straddling the ropes. So the revival come out, and then of course you know the new day revival. They're going to have uh, good matches. What was made it good though was I don't know if y'all seen this on TV. The Eagles guys was taunting the shit out the revival. And Dor- wait, was that during the match? That was during the match. I, don't, that, I that, probably didn't see it. That's what I was Again, saying. This, this match was on while I was on the road, though, so I could have missed it. Okay. Yeah, so they, they were sitting there talking about someone. It's too Dawson. You you sucking all that other stuff like that. They, they was really into it. And to the point, like, they do a pancake at uh, Scott Dawson. Hey, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, then, then uh, was uh, Dash Wild threw a bag at him. And I was just like, yo, they, they are really into this draw right now. So as a match That's true, but you can't be throwing things at the superstars. You can't. So you can't. You y'all really know can't. and y'all know as well as anybody. Like come exactly. on. Y- get it together. Y'all can't do it. Whether it's pancake or not, y'all really can't be doing it. Right is right and wrong is wrong. That's just the way it is. But that's still funny though. Yeah. <laughs> so uh then after <laughs> that uh after that was happening, uh as the match about to break down Undisputed Era comes out. The whole crowd pops for Undisputed Era. I was about to say, now, how did that? I yeah. know you was... Yeah, they yeah. was pop for that. Rod and Sean, they came out there, beat down Kofi and all that, and uh, beat him on the other side. Then they came in there, beat up uh, the Revival. And then all then the League of SmackDown jobbers come out. And I'm like, why all these guys? But, hey. They need something to do, man. They, they do. They, they came down. They helped the New Day and the Revival to the back. And the Heavy Machinery stayed inside the ring. To go up against these two jobbers, so it was basically there for you know, just to, just to have a you know a heavy machinery squash match basically. Yeah. Uh, Bailey's going up against Nikki Cross again, and I don't know why. Uh, first of all, I like Bailey's theme hearing it now in person because I be, I couldn't hear it over the crowd noise on TV. So hearing it now, I'm like, I like that theme music. And Sasha Banks, by the way, I don't know if you heard it on TV. She's using her yeah. Snoop Dogg remix song. Do you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, we can hear it. I was like, I like that. Cause I like this. I like the Snoop Dogg remix song. Uh. So as Bailey's going up against Nikki Cross, 
uh, we see Shayna Baszler come down and then Bailey like, no, nah, I don't want no parts of that. So she goes into the audience and then we get the four team NXT for most. Of, oh, well, that's going to be in the War Games match: Rhea Ripley, Mia Yim, uh, Tegan Knox, and Dakota, Dakota Kai. They come back, toss Bailey back into the ring, and then Sasha comes out with Nikki Cross, Dana Brooke, and Carmella. Sorry, Sasha needs a better team. Uh, yeah, she does. She needs a way better team. And then, Where the hell is Charlotte at? Uh, oh, well, smack. No, Charlotte's on Raw. Where is Charlotte? Oh, wait, no. This was SmackDown. I'm bugging. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. I, I know. I, I, we all thought, like I said, she needs a better team for real. So, wait, who, who, does, who, do, who else do they have, though? Well, Naomi's out right now. She's on Raw. That's right. She's on. Yeah. I don't know who. who. They, they don't have nobody. They don't they got nobody. Damn. Damn. That's why this team sucks. So, but Masashi's like, no, you're not going to steal the spotlight. So, if you want to have a match, we can have a match right now. So, we get the four on four between Rhea Rip, you know, all, all the women together. So, uh, the, the match is all right. I mean, I, it could, it could, I thought it could have been a little bit better, but I'll say, but right now, she's basically there just to get the NXT women some time on TV. I'm surprised me and Ian was out there after that ladder match on Wednesday, which was, yeah, right. which was, which yo, was did good. you see, uh, she got a she got a she got a Model Three Tesla. Yes, I seen that. That NXT check clear. Oh yeah. That the NXT USA check clear. Get, get your money, sis. Exactly. So you know what I'm saying. I ain't mad. I ain't mad at her. She got that. She got a boo thing. Yo, but it's the dude. Ain't she? I'm about to say, ain't she with Keith Lee? His big ass ain't fitting in that. Not, not at all. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. No, because because they did. It kind of confirmed it after if you, they had a fan video. Uh, when they was helping her out from the ladder from NXT, he came out and checked on her and kissed her and everything. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. So she messing with that limitless. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, they um, Dakota Kai uh, gets who 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 pinned Dakota Kai? I forgot who it was. Uh, uh crap. Uh, Nikki Nikki Cross. Nikki, Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross pinned Dakota Kai, so she lost. So this is obviously going to fit uh, fade into the story of Dakota Kai probably. Probably being the one to join Team Shayna. That's my prediction. But predictions for Survivor Series is next week. Along oh, with yeah. war games and stuff like that as well. So, uh, it's time for Miz TV. And the Miz comes out and then Dan Bryan comes out. And they, they cut uh, a good promo. I like what Dan Bryan was like. The reason why I was so quiet is because I think Miz TV sucks. I like how he keeps that going. Who's the heel in this situation? Like well... Miz, like Miz, has, Miz has been burying people, but it's like it's he like he's burying heel. I don't know. I mean, like he has the gray area going on, but when it comes to him and Daniel Bryan, they know they don't like each other, so they just put all the guards down. But Daniel Bryan is like, but they're both like gray area now because Miz is not a complete face anymore, but he's not a complete heel, and Daniel Bryan is doing this whole mental health kick, and I'm like. All right, WWE, be careful with that. Just letting you know. Yeah. Be careful with that, but okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Bray Wyatt comes up on the Firefly Funhouse and says, you know, he, he goes to this toy box and finds Universal Championship and wants to know if Dan Bryan wants to come play. And then he was like, no. And then everybody was like, wait, what? And then he's like, no, yes. And he's like, no. So he had Rambler, Rabbit, and uh, Sister Abigail, uh, the, the, the dolls yeah. and all that stuff. Like they say yes. But no, Dan Bryan kept saying no. So then he says, "We go. Uh, you come fight me, and I want the Universal Championship to be on the line." 
And then uh, what do you say? So Dan Dan Bryan, uh, not Dan Bryan, Bray Wyatt goes into this weird trancing uh, chant of just saying yes, like literally over and over yeah. again. And that I was, was just, that was weird. I was like, y'all need to cut this now. I don't know. And then afterwards, I was like, okay, so this is where the Fiend going to come out, right? After Dan Bryan leaves, he's going to attack the Miz. And uh, at the, that's what's going to be Dan Bryan versus the Fiend at Survivor Series. And then after they, uh, Dan Bryan goes to the back, the Miz is out there. I'm just like, all right, get ready for it. Uh, uh, Bianca, the little girl I was with uh, all the time, she's scared of the Fiend. So I was like, you're going to see all of it. And I'm like waiting on it, and nothing happens. Next thing you know, the the, the ring crew come out, and he start taking down the ring, and I'm like, "Oh, that's salty." Yeah, I was about to ask if the fiend came out too. No, he Damn, didn't come out. That sucks. And, and we were sitting there waiting for it, like maybe the house show, because no, they had to get ready for fucking two o five live. Did y'all stay for that? No, we left. Oh, we left. I was just like. And the Eagles players left and everything. So, I mean, there were a good amount of people that did stay to go see 205 Live. I was just like, nah, I'm I'm going to leave. <laughs> so, we all left because I wanted to get back in enough time to do Nergasm. Oh, oh. Friday. That's right. So, I, I came back and then, you know, Swag came over. We did Nergasm. So, that was uh, SmackDown. Uh, being there, I was just like, uh, the only... It, the overall show was not a passing grade to me, but the experience of the Philly crowd, I like the New Day match, and of course, I like, uh, you know, the, the the new set and things, but there, it smacked out to me this week felt like a letdown, that's being there live. How about you? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, it really, it, it was, it was okay, but not enough for me to give it a passing grade, if that makes sense. Yes, you know, I, that's, I, that's basically where I'm at right now with that as well. Right. Because it's like, I've seen worse, but I've seen a lot better. Yes. A lot better. So, you know, I wanted to get that SmackDown uh, review recap out the way first. And then uh, I want to talk about something that that was is actually a little bit more unfortunate. And uh, tragic real quick, because I was supposed to talk about this last week. And we didn't get a chance to get a podcast up for you guys last week. So, I do apologize for that. So, there, uh, the newly bought by Master P House of Glory had a wrestler there named Matt Travis 25 years old promising wrestler was killed uh, last week uh, by a hit and run driver and damn it was a hit and run I it thought... was a hit and run oh that's worse God. and it was by a dump truck doing an illegal U-turn and he was riding his bike. It was like, I think about one or two in the morning. And this, this dump truck did an illegal turn. And it struck him. And it, I think he was pronounced dead when he was going to the hospital or in the ambulance, I believe it was. And the, the truck just drove off. And I hate when stuff like this happens. Because now, you know, you got people out there that, you know, they got warrants or they're scared of cops, something like that. But no, if you clearly hit somebody or you know you hit somebody or the case may uh-huh. be, you know what I'm saying? You do more good to yourself if you was to stop and call the ambulance for these people right. or didn't help them out. Because you make yourself worse running. Right. I don't know what people gain from running. Now, once again, 
it could people could have warrants to dig some stuff out, or they shouldn't be driving over the KCP, and they don't want to get in trouble. But look, you can't be out if 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 you're too scared to get in trouble, you shouldn't be out there driving. Be honest with you. Seriously, you really shouldn't be because out there of driving. shit like this. Exactly. Now, th- this man got his life cut short. Twenty five years old in his prime, doing good uh, in, in in the wrestling business, and and, and it's over now. You took this man away from his family, and, and it, it's a it's a very unfortunate story. And I, to this day, doing doing some of my research, I don't think they found the guys or the the, the truck that killed him. Which is they really, haven't. Yeah, I don't think they did either. I don't remember them saying they did. Yeah, which is very unfortunate. I'm like, you know, this ha- it, it makes me mad because I see this, especially we live in Philly. This happened like Roosevelt Boulevard every other day. Yeah, seriously. You know, I hate driving on the boulevard in my truck or in my car. Like exactly, the the, the boulevard it they have no caution whatsoever, and there are people that get struck by, you know, women, their kids, men, they they be getting struck by these cars and coming at full because people, especially if y'all not from Philly, people think the boulevard is the highway and it's really not. It's not. It's a it's a long strip, strip of road, but for them to be hitting like ninety on the boulevard, no, nah, I, I mean that's what causes all these accidents and people just be hitting these hitting these babies, man, hitting these kids, and it needs to be taken off because they don't want to get in trouble. So like but you you shouldn't even be on the road if you're that reckless in the first place. You really shouldn't. And it, it's hard for me to try to, you know, find excuses for these people when you kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Actually, or not because if it was an accident, there, there are people out there that, that have that will do accidents. People out there when people ride bikes and then they may clip them off the road, so like that. But it shows more when you give a damn and you want to actually help these people, especially if you know if if you killed them. You never know that if you had stopped a dump truck and you actually had gone to see what happened and you called the ambulance. He could have actually survived. You don't know. He could've, yeah. You really don't That's know true. what what could have happened because at that time you gotta think two o'clock in the morning. Who's out? Who's out at that time? It could have been a thing where in, he drove in Harlem at that. In, in Harlem, of all things, in Harlem. So you never know who's out. Somebody could have been a passerby. Could be somebody from their house. Somebody could have heard the commotion and be like, "Man, I don't." Uh, you know, I never called the cops. Or it could even been a thing where he called anonymously as he drove away. But even still, I'm not going to try to give you that credit because you drove away. You drove away. Yeah. So you know, it was. It said you know he was mostly in wrestling promotions. Now this ain't a shot to him, but he was in wrestling promotions that I don't like, like CZW and stuff like that. Because I don't know if you are familiar with CZW, but. I- the front, the most I know about CZW is like Dean Ambrose. And is it, I mean, but that, that's fine because they do dumb shit in CZW. Yeah. And when I said like, there is, I call that wrestling like it's violence for no reason. It really is like have doing power bombs with people on like burning hot cinder blocks. Like, why is that a thing? It's not wrestling, but hey, but you know that 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 that's either here or there, but. uh you know, it, it's it's sad when I read the story. And I really want to talk about it last week, and it, it also it also pop, uh, bothers me that he was in the bike lane. 
Yeah. You know, he did everything right. And like every day, why does somebody that does things right got to be the one that goes? It's same thing with drunk drivers. You got these drunk drivers out here who will just be in a car crash and kill everybody in the car, but they walk away with like a scratch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just don't understand. But you know, look, I always know the Lord has a plan. So may He rest in peace. You know, and condolences mm-hmm. to his family. But I wanted to get that out. Uh, also, moving on next is uh, I want to talk about some of the big news that just happened last week. Do you watch WWE backstage? I don't. Okay, so WWE Backstage is like the ESPN for WWE. Hosted by All Renee right. Young and Booker T. So it feels very sports related. Mm-hmm. And they bring on guests just like ESPN does. Stuff like that. Like I remember one week they had Christian. Samoa Joe was on there joined. Uh, yo, I don't know. Uh, I think Adam Cole. Adam Cole and Paige yeah, oh yeah, was no. on this, this episode, now, I think. Now actually, Paige, Paige definitely. I don't yeah, remember yeah. if it was Adam Cole or not. You know, you're right. Adam Cole was on there. Paige has been on there uh, a lot also. And first of all, you got to talk to your boy Samoa Joe. I don't know what battle rapper he listened to, but he got that one long braid down the back of his head. Don't like it. Oh boy, I don't know. That ain't in the battle rap. <laughs> I said, I don't like it at all. I'm like, that's not a good life decision. But you know, hey Joe, do do what you're gonna do. But at the end of the episode last week, all of a sudden we hear cult of personality play, and I'm like, ain't but one person that got that song, the one uh-huh. that ends my podcast every week that y'all hear it, and that CM Punk comes out and makes his quote-unquote, long-awaited return to WWE, kind of, and says, just when you, just when they ask the questions, I changed the culture. Be back next week. Now, at first, people were excited, and then people were actually upset, believe it or not. CM Punk signed a deal with Fox, not WWE. He close enough. He close enough. So he, he he signed that deal. So he is an employee of Fox Sports. But WWE approved him being on the show. And honestly, how do you feel about CM Punk being back in this capacity? Um, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's back because one... I mean, sure, it's Fox. Okay, it's Fox. It's not WWE, but it's a Fox show about WWE, the one company he had an issue with. So, I mean, this is this is a step in the right direction. If he's fine enough to talk about it, then maybe he's fine enough to he'll be fine enough to come back. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, there have been cases over the years of CM Punk being hugely petty, and. Uh, this has said some very evil things towards WWE. He had a failed UFC career, and a lot of people figured that he would go to AEW if he wanted to wrestle again. But look, let's let's just be honest with what this is. His UFC fight career did not work out. I don't care what CM Punk is saying or what he want to make wants to make you feel. He misses wrestling. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I believe he truly misses wrestling. And a lot of times when it comes to WWE, 
when people leave WWE, they don't leave because it's like, well, it sucks. They leave because they don't get no opportunity. And because they want, that's the dream job. Let's, let's be real. That's the dream job. Every wrestler that's working out there wants to perform at WrestleMania. Every wrestler out there wants to be on the high stage as WWE. But when they get over there and they realize that it ain't all, you know, cotton candy and dreams over there, and it's not mom's apple pie, you got to deal with Vince McMahon, they want out and they go to another company to be bitter. That is what happens a lot of the time. And trust me, because let's just be real. Don't Do you think if Jake Hager didn't have WWE in his background, who would give a fuck about him in AEW right now? Jake Hager? Yeah, Jack Swagger. Uh, I know, I know. I yeah. know. Uh. Is that, if he didn't have WWE under his belt and had that history he had in the late 2000s with WWE in the early 2010s, who do you think would care that this guy is in AEW? Not, uh, not I sure wouldn't. Nobody, not a soul. Do Do you think if Ty Dillinger didn't have Ty Dillinger WWE, uh, Sean Spears would be anything right now? Nope, not at all. Now, don't get me wrong. Nope. This This is not me downing the Indies or anything like that. I'm just saying, CM Punk obviously has come back for a reason. Probably needs some money, but also, this is also a a, a ratings boost. For WWE. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is a ratings boost for this. Because WWE won. Raw and SmackDown have not been... Well, first of all, SmackDown has not been doing good on Fox for the past couple weeks in the numbers. And Raw is still just Raw. First of all, Raw is never going to get better because they don't know how to write a three-hour show. Uh That's just the way it is. Ever since Raw... With the three hours of t- 2012, I said, they're, they're, it's going to be hard because they don't know how to write a three-hour show. NXT is good. I love NXT, but it's getting their ass kicked by AEW every single week. But And this is the problem. NXT is good to the wrestling fan, not to the casual viewer. Mm-hmm. And right now, the casual viewer is mad at WWE. So the casual viewers automatically going to go where? AEW. AEW. That's where all the rates come from. And first of all, NXT has their own problem where uh, they, they there's some issue on NXT that they, they need to address, but I'll get to that later when I do my NXT AEW thing. So with CM Punk coming back, you know, there are fans that are actually calling him a sellout for not going to AEW. And I'm like, well... I'm not going to call him a sellout, necessarily. I mean, CM Punk knows... I, I, I am in belief that CM Punk knows what he's doing. I think so, too. You know, and I think what that that fine line of signing with Fox instead of WWE... Because, see, now, CM Punk can say what he wants to say. Yep. He's not under WWE's contract. Vince McMahon is not his boss. He's just on a Vince McMahon program. And if, if he wants to say something about this suck, this suck, this suck, this suck, because he, we, can. he can because they're doing like a whole ESPN type of vibe here. That because if you see WWE backstage, they were talking about how bad this Rusev Lana and Bobby Lashley angle is. 
Everybody hates Honestly Everybody hates it Everybody hates it Rusev says I mean not Rusev Lana says something about it Lashley says something about it Lashley's like Why are y'all putting me All I want to do is Feud with Brock Lesnar Why are y'all doing this to me Exactly Cause Y'all making Lashley not look like a threat At all All the mystique Surrounding Bobby Is just like Why He just wants that Uh one match With Lesnar That's all he wanted and he been winning that day for years, and now since he's a better wrestler than he was when back the back of the day, then that's why he wants it. But uh, you know, CM Punk to me will bring a good sports analytic to the wrestling. Yeah. For I'm curious to see what he does bring and how he interacts with all the other WWE superstars because, like I said, it really I'm really curious to see how that is. Now, will this? So bring- right, who called him out? Was it a? Uh- who called him out? I think Joe or, or Rollins called him out. Uh huh. They just said fighting. That's like a, a Samoa Joe thing, don't it? Like, I think it was Joe. Because I mean, he already he already whooped Seth Rollins' ass already. But uh, yep. I'm just like, I'm curious to know what he brings to the table. But do you think an in ring return is you know prominent in the future? Uh, I think so. Uh, I th- I'm gonna be hopeful. I'm not sure, but I will be hopeful for it. Uh huh. Just cause I mean, it's yo, it's punk, man. It's man, punk. we've been cheering. We've been cheering his name for years since he left. You're right. You- he told us to stop cheering his name. We kept cheering, and he's back. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, it's we can have one good. Let him let him go to Chicago one time. Oh God, bro! If we go to Chicago, bro, bro, let him go to Chicago one time. If C- if CM Punk, that music hit Chicago, bro, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. The whole roof is called that building. But you know, but also WWE, they petty too because on uh they show. I don't know if y'all saw that saw this at home, but they were showing a clips of WWE backstage and what goes on back there, right? And they 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 were showing the whole trade. They were showing what happened on previous show. And just as CM Punk was about to come out, they cut it off. Oh! As soon as CM Punk was about to come out and do his thing in the camera and say, "I'll see you next week," they cut it off. And the crowd was pissed in Philly. That's petty. And they started chanting CM Punk, CM Punk, and all this stuff like that. And I was just like, "Y'all really?" Going to do this WWE, y'all, y'all, cause see, once again, he don't work for them, so they don't, they are not obligated to put him up. Yep, that's right. So, I mean, I, I'm excited, but I'm cautious, I'm curious, and suspenseful. I, I'm not going to try to count my chickens before they hatch, type thing. But I'm, I'm very excited for seeing Punk. Uh, I'm just excited, like he's in the realm. He's in the of realm of it. Yes. He's in the realm of it. And, and there have been a lot of people that have upped their game since he left that I would like him to see uh, square up again. But I think this is his home. This is what he knows how to do best. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to just... I don't know. He even had to go back to WWE as wrestling. And wouldn't that be something if he worked for Fox to do WWE backstage but then go to AEW? That'd be, that'd be. Talk, talk about getting one over. 
Talk about getting one over. What? But yeah, yeah, Vince will find a way to blow up the show up if that's some shit like that happened. Uh, real quick before uh, you get out of here, let's talk about your boy Jordan Miles. That ain't my boy, but all right. So, as you heard now that Jordan Miles, first of all, he went, we talked about the t-shirt thing. I was with you. Then you went off and called Jay Lethal Uncle Tom. I wasn't with you. So then he, uh, last week, which I didn't get to change the podcast last week, said that Jordan Miles is my slave name. He and didn't I, say that. He did say that. He did not say that. He did say that. Oh, I my have God. no reason to lie. He did say that. That I'm not going by Jordan Miles because Jordan, Jordan Miles is my slave name. And now... He says this week that I'm quitting WWE. I'm not working for a bunch of racists. And I guess he's gonna go back to ACH, which is his his, his Ring of Honor name. And I yeah. don't know I don't know what uh, wrestling uh, promotion he's gonna to go to because ain't but one really big prominent black wrestling promotion, and that's um what's his name Booker T's. And uh, Booker T hosts the reality, the reality of wrestling, and uh, you are already on Booker T's bad side. Uh-huh. So I doubt you probably gonna get a job there. But you know, this is what I was talking about because when uh, this happened, and I was talking about that fight that happened in the NFL the other day, and I'm like, this is the shit I'm talking about. It is so hard to fight racism in this very racist country when you start doing shit that is not even a need of our cause right now. Seriously. You had something there. But like I said, I was talking to my wife about this and I said, Vince, fine. You got me on Vince. But I seriously doubt that if you didn't like the shirt and you told Triple H you didn't like the shirt, I don't think he's putting it out there. But when you told me that you, when you first you didn't see the shirt, and then the next week you told me you did see the shirt, I'm like, already your case is on, you know, is on water right now. It's on broken glass. I, I it's, it's not stable at all. And then you, right. and then you go out there, you, you take all these other African-American wrestlers, and then you, you, you talk about, you know, they're giving out slave names, and I'm leaving WWE, and then now... They're saying that, you know, he was saying that he, he has mental health issues. And I'm like, I hope you're not using mental health as an excuse because mental health is like serious. And I believe WWE offered to pay to get him help because that's what they do. They, it, it, if one of their superstars or employees has issues with like, you know, uh, they need rehab, I'm going to tell WWE will pay for the whole thing. If you go. Yeah. But, like, what is your take on, on all this? Thing? Something that went to, like, okay, bro, I can get behind you and we can try to, you know, we can try to fight for something, you know, uh, prominent to it turning into this whole shit show. <clears throat> Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually your opinion on it. Oh, um, okay. <clears throat> um, I don't know, man. Just at this point, like 
feel like he he tried to play the race card, um, which was working for a while because I was with him. At least I was with him. Uh-huh. Um, but then, but then he just started going left with it. And it's like, bro, what are you, what are you doing? Now WWE is saying, you know, go see a doctor, and they're paying for it. Why not jump on that opportunity? It's like they're not even. They, they clearly haven't fired you yet. Uh huh. So it's like take advantage of the opportunity you have in front of you. Because honestly, they can replace you, bro. I, I hate to be that guy, but you know. People, I, I as as a fan of the company, I barely know you, so it's it's clear to see that um, you know somebody could easily take your spot, and you know casual fans like me, well you know kind of casual, kind of in it uh-huh. fans like me, will will learn about somebody else versus you. So it's like I mean, like we got this whole NXT WWE. War game, I mean, uh, invasion going on. You could have been in this, but you've been tripping, and now we don't like. We don't even see you on the main on main screen TV. So it's like, get it together or go away, man. Honestly, I hate to be that guy, but yeah. Yeah. So he had a live Q and A. He was sitting there saying that. No, uh, he didn't. Yeah. Yes, he did. Oh my uh, god! Uh, all this stuff, and then uh, he was saying that. When fans were asking him questions like, you know, well, are you legally able to move away from WWE? He said, legally, no, mentally, yes. And then he they asked him about his mental health. He said, the thing about the mental health, I do suffer from ex- with anxiety. I do suffer with depression, and I can have bad mood swings sometimes. But that doesn't mean when I speak out, it doesn't have any meaning behind it. The T-shirt triggered things from my past, and it came up at once all at once and a lot of anger from my past came up with it as well that caused me to come out at people the way that i did again i'm not going to apologize for what i said what i said i mean it and then on the topic of jay lethal uh was brought up call him uncle tom uh he said he know there is a story behind what he said about lethal but he wasn't going to disclose it so he wasn't going he wasn't going to uh uh, talk about it. He said there's a huge story behind it To be fair and respectful I won't disclose that story I won't disclose the story because I won't throw more salt on his name That I already have I think any issue between him and I Now that it's out there I'm cool, I'm straight And it's what it is You know what I mean But our beef is our beef There may not be any beef to be fair There ain't no beef on my end I said what I had to say I'm done I'm done with it. I got everything uh-huh. off my chest. It's out there in the public eye. If anybody wants to know, your best bet is to ask him or ask around. There there were a ton of people around. So, once again, I'm in the dark That's again. A lot. It's a lot. Yep. So, but now, once again, <clears throat> if it's a personal thing and you got beef with somebody, but you, you call this man out, he ain't got nothing to do with the situation that got going on here. It ain't like Jay Lethal wore his shirt and said, I like it. Right. That would be something different. Now, once again, I don't know what the personal thing going on to, but if y'all got beef like that, you know, why bring it over here? Or are you just doing this to make your case? You know? I honestly don't know anymore, man. I don't, because, you know, I, I want to, look, these my people. I want to be with my people. I want to see my people represent represented in all kinds of ways throughout 
things that I love. We love nerd shit. I want to see my people in nerd shit. We love superhero uh-huh. movies. I want to see my people in superhero movies. I, I love wrestling. I want to see my people in wrestling. And it's different sports. I, I Representation matters. But when you have one of your people going out and acting like this, then it makes it hard to, you know, be on their side. Right. Now, I want to get into something I should have gotten to last week. And like I said, I was dragging my feet about this. But I wanted to get this out there. There's no way I could not talk about it. And that was AEW's most recent pay-per-view, Full Gear. Now... I saw Full Gear. I did not order it on pay-per-view. Obviously, I, I waited a couple days before I actually had to see it. And it was supposed to be, the review was supposed to be on the podcast last week. And like I said, I was unable to get the podcast up to you guys last week. So I do apologize for that. But now we have it up this week, and I have to talk about it. Because going into our uh, Wednesday Night War between NXT and AEW, this is really the Full Gear fallout. And I'm not going to talk about that without talking about Full Gear first. So first off... Now go back over to listen to Full Gear. This overall, the show to me was actually okay. It, it wasn't one of them standouts. It wasn't like anyone. Like that. It was like really two matches were really the, the highlight of this show. They, they had some decent matches on here. Don't get me wrong, by no means. But overall, the show was like this. This is it's more, it's more so the two matches that are really the standout. Now I did not see. <laughs> The dark match with Dr. Britt Baker and versus uh, Bria, uh Priestley. <laughs> I didn't see that, but I think I heard that's when um, Awesome Kong and Brandy Rose came out, started, you know, taking the hair of their victims or whatever this gimmick they got going on right now. I mean, hey, I ain't mad at Awesome Kong being with uh, Brandy Rose by no means, but I don't know what the gimmick is, to be honest with you. I really don't. Uh, so first off, we start off with Pride and Powerful, which is the new name for Santana and Ortiz, which was the original LAX and TNA, which would be Impact Wrestling, going up against the Young Bucks. So you knew automatically this is going to be a fast-paced matchup, and you already know that it's very hard to even kind of grade a Young Bucks matchup. But you know what? This match was really good. I, I really enjoyed the matchup. Fast-paced action between, uh, you know, Santana and Ortiz, of course, going against the the Young Bucks as, you know, it would be. But, uh, if I can remember any, like I said, really counting this thing down from spot from spot is, you know, not going to do it. But uh, there was a thing where Nick Jackson is about to do the springboard and go for the muscle driver, but he slips off. I didn't know if he really slipped, but he was holding his ankle. So, I guess, you know, he was uh, selling it. Uh, there was a point where Nick Jackson just goes off and starts taking up all the members of, of Pride and Powerful, going up against Ortiz and all that. But uh, I, the, the number game was just too much uh, for Nick Jackson anyway. And uh, <coughs> Santina, uh, Santina, Pride and Powerful beat uh, the... Um, the Young Bucks. I don't even wonder why I couldn't even get that out there. And then all of a sudden, after the match, the Rock and Roll Express, yes, the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and all of them come out, and they attack Santino Tease, and then they hit a Canadian Destroyer 
on one and dive through the ropes. These guys are taking still taking some uh, serious ass bumps. Uh, next up, we have Hangman Page taking on Pack. This was supposed to be the uh, the match that's supposed to happen at Double or Nothing. You know, the, the Vegas heavy that they had. And once again, I did get it wrong because I thought it was supposed to be. Uh, I, I think I, well, I said it at the predictions, but I said all out. But no, it's supposed to happen at Double or Nothing. So this match happened here. Uh, very stiff match by these two. I, you know what? They do have uh, good matches. And I, I, I like. I like Pack, you know, very good guy. And then let's say add a page. I like. I just hate that 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 buckshot finishing move that he's trying to do now. I like the original, fin the old finishing move that he had. Uh, for what it was called, but uh, nice back and forth action. But uh, between Net Neville and Pack here, uh, I knew going into this because they counted wins and losses that Adam Page was the one that's going to need it. Uh, there was on the outside. There is. Uh, a folded up chair that's just sitting there. So Adam Page is walking over to Neville, and then what happened is Neville kicks him down and gives him a brain buster on this open chair, which gives a, a near of just a near count of nine before he gets right back into the ring. So good selling the drama. Uh, comes back in, goes for try to go for another buckshot, but then Neville hits with a super kick, goes and then hits a, hits a snap German suplex. It was, it was a lot of great. Back and forth action. This, this, this is. I think after that brain bust is when the match really started to take take on a new a new pace for me here, and it was it was really good. Uh, then he goes. Neville's going for the black arrows, not necessarily the red arrow. And then as Adam Cole's going for the buckshot, uh, Neville catches him, and then he tries to go for a low blow. Doesn't get the low blows at a page box and it goes for his original finisher that I like and beats Pack. So good matchup. I was really into it. And uh, also with the full gear thing, I want to say that it has that old school WCW uh, rampway that, uh, that that levels with the ring. So I like that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, next up is we have Sean Spears coming out with Telly Blanchard come uh taking on uh joey janela this match has no heat to it whatsoever but it was just a little makeshift match just to have of these two guys on the card real quick but like i said it, it was really nothing there's no really heat going into this match between joey janela and uh sean spears like i said they only talked about four matches when it came to when i did my prediction so you know this wasn't even on there so the match is all right the only highlight i really cared about for this matchup, uh, there was a moment that, uh, that uh, I'm about to say Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears ties up Joe Janela's hair to like the ring rope, and he kind of rips it off. It reminds me of the old school Mankind back in there. He used to rip his hair out. But uh, the only highlight is where Tully Blanchard actually helps Sean Spears do a spike pile driver off the steel steps to Joey Janela, and like, he actually jumps up the steps. It does the spike power drive back at him and Art Anderson days. So I, I like seeing that. I mean, who must have got some good knees on you? And then Sean Spears hits that Death Valley driver and pins George Janela. So there was no, really no heat in the matchup, but it was just all about basically having, um, in the, uh, the only thing I really care about was the power driver. Then there's a uh, triple threat match for the, the AW Tag Team Championships of the, the Lucha Brothers. Private Party and SoCal Incestor. If you think already you can't count how many spots in this matchup, well then, once again, 
uh, we got the same problem here. So as the match goes on, Soul Cop starts to pick up the win here. And then all of a sudden, we see a Pentagon Jr. double come out. And we should have thinking, like, I've seen this before. Well, we know it's not Chris Jericho. But it's Christopher Daniels. And he comes back and attacks uh, Pentagon Jr. for obviously giving the package power driver on the stage. But I didn't understand why I do it when they already won the matchup. But, hey, that's neither here or there. Soul Cop says to pick up the win here. A pretty decent win. Next up is for the AEW Women's Championship, Rio taking on uh, Ima Shakura, uh, which I call this matchup the double foot stomp special because Rio, I'm sorry, Emi has a steady pair of feet prints on her uh, footprints all over her body because I swear Rio just double foot stomped this woman to death. And I mean, uh, there was just so many different counters that these women had of this double foot stops, the double foot stops, double foot stops. I'm just like, they uh gave the match, they gave the match time to get to get going a little bit, and I'm just like, but uh it was it was decent, it it, it was decent. I mean, I, I've seen better matches. Uh, this one actually did not kind of get me into it a little bit, and I'll be honest with you, it's probably because of the reason because I knew what matches was next, the ones that I really, really wanted to, well, really wanted to see, and that win. Uh, <clears throat> so Rio picks up the win here to retain her AEW Women's Championship. Now it's time for the quotations main event of the show, and the main event of the show is for the AEW Championship: Chris Jericho taking on Cody. No Cody Rhodes, just Cody. And the stipulation being that if Cody doesn't win, uh, he will never, if he, if he loses, he will never challenge for the AEW World Championship again. So this time uh, we're doing we're doing old school in a way. So we actually have a panel of three different judges on the outside, which is Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko and the Great Muda. They're all outside just in case this match goes to a 60-minute draw. Because it's a 60-minute time limit. They will decide by judges who is the winner. This is old-school NWA Sting versus Ric Flair from 1988. That's what this is right here. And by the way, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I love that match. So, when Sting and Flair went for an hour and they had like a, uh, uh, a time limit draw. And they had to decide who the winner was. Yeah, that's what this reminds me of. So, I was like, I don't see Chris Jericho and Cody going for an hour. I really don't see them going on for an hour. But, I mean, I still will entertain the fact that, uh, hey, this is going to be uh, kind of cool here. So, uh, Chris Jericho is out. He's out there with Jake Hager. And uh, Cody's there with MJF inside. So, uh, in the beginning, a lot of tech technical trying to get the advantage Cody working on the arm and sending Jericho to the outside Cody's mom is outside Jericho taunts a little bit and uh she says fuck off I believe it is and you can, you can see her mouthing the words <clears throat> so the turning point of the match is Cody uh he already went for one on the outside uh the Tope Suicida but this time he goes for it again but once again they have the elevated ramp up at ringside so he goes for it. Jericho was out the way but it's like Cody didn't get enough air or not, but he was going, when he went up, he was coming down head first. So he tried to get his hands up, but he hits the metal head first, and it gives him a huge gash right over his eye, and he's now bleeding. And so it takes a while. Referee's coming out there, and, and they're trying to patch up Cody. 
Jericho, in the meantime, is sitting down in a chair and it is uh, just waiting for Cody. Then he comes in and stops him with his head. And then now it's just Cody trying to do all the moves he can to basically just stay afloat in this matchup. Goes for moonsaults or misses and everything. Then Jake Hager attacks Cody, but then is ejected out of the matchup. So the crowd go, the crowd pops for that. Uh, Cody hits a uh, crossroads. I mean, a good crossroads uh, for a near fall. And I actually thought Jericho, I mean, uh, not Jericho, uh, Cody may, may have won it right there. But he did it. But then Jericho puts him in a lion tamer. Not the walls of Jericho. The lion tamer. Gotta have that knee in the back to be the lion tamer. And Cody is just sitting there not giving up. But then MJF throws in the white towel. And then what that means is that, you know, he surrenders for Cody. And now Chris Jericho retains the AEW World Championship. So everybody's already stunned. Like, what's going on? I'm like, here comes the turn. Because you already know it's coming. Here comes the turn. <clears throat> And so Jericho uh, is leaving. Cody is looking up. And he's getting mad at MJF because MJF trying to see what's going on. But then MJF takes him to Dick Kick City. Kicks him right in the balls. And then the crowd just goes bananas. They are booing him. They call him asshole. All, all the heel heat MJF wants. And MJF is, going, is deserving. And then he goes up the top of the ramp. And this one guy. I don't applaud this at all. But this one guy throws a drink square dead on right at MGF right on the side of his head. Now, granted, look, old school wrestling fans, I look, I, I seen Hogan and all of them get the trash thrown on them. Uh, and, oh, you know, when you're a heel, you know, like when they had to, um, you know, run the, uh, uh, what was it, Michael Hayes and all of them out the building for the Von Erics and, you know, Junkyard Dog and all them stuff like that. Hey, heel stuff happens like when they almost broke down the cage because they was attacking Dusty Rose. He trying to get to get the four horsemen. That's some nuclear heat right there, and that's what they want. But I still am under belief that you you can't be throwing things at the wrestlers, man. You can't whether it's stuff as like as a drink or like a pancake. What I've seen happen on SmackDown, or you know you uh, even something big like when Kiso got hit with that water bottle or the time. You can't throw things at these performers, man. They are actors in a way you know so they are playing a character i mean some could really should be an asshole but they are playing a character and it shows that you know say that what they're doing is working but still i'm like man you really can't be doing a drink at them so i, I heard well uh, uh that the guy did get was it i don't know if he got banned for a year or suspended for whatever the case may be but he did get reprimanded for doing that to mjf but a good matchup by cody and <clears throat> Uh, Jericho, but now we know what it was time for. It's time for the true main event, the unsanctioned lights out matchup. Now, of course, this supposed not like AEW has no. No matter what happens to these guys, AEW is not in control. They basically said that there is so much. This match was forty minutes. There's so much stuff to talk about. You don't even know if you can get to all the stuff. And I don't even know if I'm going to do it justice without any of my partners here, like Primetime or Q-Flow. But I'm going to do my best of, of, of what I know and the knowledge I have. So, Kenny Omega and John Moxley. I knew this was going to be a match off, off the bat good. And uh, there is a referee still, so you know, it's not, not complete unsanctioned. So. But they have a, you know, you know basically a little back and forth action. Kenny Omega jumps over the, the rail and does a front drop kick to Moxley. Then we, we start getting to our weapons. Uh, trash can and the barbed wire bat. Moss pulls out the barbed wire bat and 
It, you can tell this ain't the little cheap barbed wire. This ain't the gimmick barbed wire. This is the real Mick Foley barbed wire because he's just wailing on Kenny Omega's back and you see the puncture holes in his back. Kenny Omega go, go, goes for like a waist lock and Moxley takes the bat and just is rubbing Kenny Omega's arm oh, with that with that barbed wire. It was like, oh, that's sick. Uh, Kenny Omega uh, fights back. And it gives him a pulling power driver on a trash can. That that looks sick. Then uh, Kenny Omega has this thing where he does, he does like the, the steamroller. And then jump, goes to the middle rope and then does a moonsault with the trash can. So he puts the trash can on top of the, the ring post and does it. Kind of misses the move here. But what really got me is that Kenny Omega pulls out a broom. And I'm like, okay, because they call him the cleaner. That's what Kenny Omega does. He's the cleaner. So after, after, he, pulls out, after he pulls out the broom... He goes and it hits uh, Moxie on, on his back with the broom. Then he starts sweeping Moxie's back with this barbed wire broom. And it looks brutal. Creative. Because that's what they got like about hardcore wrestling. This don't do shit to do shit and not sell it. But stuff like that being creative, oh, I'm all for that. So after that, Kenny Omega goes underneath, underneath the, uh, the ring and gets a board. Now, in TNA, I've seen the bar wire board. I've seen the C4 board. But I have never seen a board full of mouse traps. And I ain't talking about no glue traps. I ain't talking about uh, no electric traps. I'm talking about the old school snap the neck mouse trap. And I'm like, oh my God. Is Dave really not going to do this. And Kenny Omega, because first of all, if anybody got, ever got caught in a match like their finger or anything, that shit is a bitch. It hurts. So Moxley, as Kenny Omega brings the board in, Moxley uh, gives Omega on his, because this this just sucks. He gives him an X-Plex, the Pete Dunne X-Plex on the board. And I said, you have got, and you just hear them all snapping, and I'm like, oh my god. Then all of a sudden, Moxie goes underneath the ring and pulls out a like this thick gold chain. Why is it got to be gold? Maybe Debo stole it. I don't know, but it's a gold chain. Gives Kenny Omega a backbreaker on it, and uh, it's like a thick, it's like a really thick chain. And then he goes starts choking Omega in the mouth with the gold chain, and I'm like, these guys try to kill each other and. We still in the beginning of the match because there's still so much more that's going on in this matchup. And then uh, as uh, Moxley is uh, beating down, he goes and he's trying to. Uh, I forgot, I forgot what he, he gets underneath the ring, but it can't make him trying to fight back with the gold chain. But Moxley still is just wrap, like wrapping his neck around there, and it's just a lot going on with that chain. So now as Kenny Omega fights back, there's a table leaning up on the outside where <clears throat> Omega goes, knocks Box on the outside, and runs does his like you know top uh, tope suicida over the top rope and get crashed through the table. Now Omega got a bag, and I'm like, oh thumbtacks? It's not thumbtacks. It's glass. He pulls out a piece of glass. I don't know. They're trying to sell like this is the glass that they, that he got the paradigm shift from that glass table a couple weeks ago. So this glass, it's something about glass that freaks me out. Like certain things in wrestling, like I, I don't, I don't mind a thumbtack, but when it comes to glass, it's something about glass that I just don't like. 
so he's sitting there and trying to cut the web in the fingers of Moxley that steps on the glass and makes this kind of like fine glass powder uh, and dumps it out. And I'm like, I don't like that. I mean, of course, now that looks like it's, it's a sugar glass. I'm just not into the whole glass thing. But he pours the glass out into the ring and then uh, sky highs Moxley right on the glass. And you can tell that it hurts. And the referee is trying to count it. And uh, it's hurting his hand. But the one thing that I like that was recreative is that uh, for some reason, even though this doesn't make sense, uh, Omega drags him through the glass and puts him in a sharpshooter. And then as he puts him into the sharpshooter, he has to make Moxley uh, crawl through the glass of the ropes to break the hole. Even though they shouldn't have to break the hole in an unsanctioned, non-sanctioned, whatever match it is. So I was like, and then when the glass in the, he tried to put glass in the mouth, I ain't like that. I really don't like that kind of stuff like that. I don't like things in nobody's mouth. Same thing with dumb text or anything. Too much shit can happen. Choking glass, stuff like that. You can really injure, injure stuff. And I'm not all for that. So as they go on to the outside, and he, he gives him a, a V-trigger, he sees the Young Bucks and Adam Page, and he says, bring it out, bring it out. He's like, bring what out? They bring out this whole big station of barbed wire. And as they bring out the barbed wire, uh, was it Moxley comes and superplexes Kenny Omega through the barbed wire. I'm like, they're crazy already. They are, they, they're taking crazy spots. As Moxie's getting out the barbed wire, and there's like this little full gear sign. It's kind of like uh, slanted like in a little triangle. And then Kenny Omega uh, hits, hits Moxie like a, like a light. Then gives him a V-trigger through that that full gear little sign. It was it's actually a very sick visual. A very sick visual. Even though John Moxley, crazy, is the first one to get up. And then afterwards, we get back towards the ring. It's like, what more can these guys do? Well, guess what? Moxley starts cutting the cutting the sides of the ring support to reveal the wood. We see Chop and Gorgano do this, bring up the wood. But the the question is like, oh my God, what are they? What are they going to do? Because they're not under W umbrella with the wood. So you would think that one spot would be enough for these guys on the wood, right? No, not at all. Because as Moxley is trying to go for the paradigm shift, it doesn't work because Kenny Omega. Go reverses it and gives him a double arm DDT himself on the wood. And I'm like, it's over. But the KO Omega goes up to the top of there's a Phoenix splash and misses. His face smacks off the wood. Like his face, you can see his face smack off the wood, and it's crazy. And then you can see him covering his face, and then Mox he, he covers him. Mox he kicks out. He kicks out of Moxie's cover. Then Mox is the paradigm shift to KO Omega on the wood, and then pins him and i'm like look at once you pull the wood out of a, into a wrestling match exposing that you can't be that has to be the finish the match was wild it was crazy there are people that just won't like this kind of wrestling like i said i have seen very brutal stuff when it comes to uh japanese wrestling or czw is doing dumb stuff i have seen all that stuff but honestly i think this match was brutal. It was violent, but it had purpose, it had a story to it, and it had some creative spots in there as well. But I still believe 
they had the most violent thing I saw, but it was a violent matchup. And overall, I give full gear. I give, I give it a I give it about a B minus because that made it for me because I I like the Jericho and uh Cody match and I really love the the, the the unsanctioned match and main event and the tag team match in the beginning. Everything else was kind of filler. Oh, packing uh Hangman Page, but everything else was mostly filler because they didn't really promote anything else, so they had no heat to it. So. Uh, that's how I felt about Full Guy. I wanted to get my review out there to you of how I felt about it. But, hey, I, 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 thought, I thought it was pretty good for what we got. So, now it's time for the Wednesday Night War from November 13th, 2019 between NXT and AEW. I missed last week's because it was late. This one, actually, I mean, it's going to be a little late, but not as late as last week's was. But depending on what time y'all are getting it. But... So, here, here we go. Uh, I thought both episodes really delivered. So, this one actually made it kind of hard for me, uh, a little bit of which one to pick. Because I think one was a little bit better match-wise, where the other one was a little bit better storyline-wise. That makes sense. So, starting off with NXT. NXT kicks off with a Cruiserweight Championship match between Leo Rush and Angel Garza. Angel Garza won uh, quali- uh, a number one contenders match a couple weeks ago. Is what Chance Leo Rush for a Cruiserweight Championship. Great way to start off the show. Hot action packed stuff. First of all, now I'm starting to get I'm starting to like this Angel Garza guy because I wasn't familiar with him before, but now seeing him and seeing what his gimmick is, I like how he wrestles with the long pants and they like throughout the match. He kind of takes them off. So that's what he does. Leo Rush's wife and his uh I don't know if it's a son or daughter, but I think it's his son, are out there by ringside. And Angel Garza jumps the rails, and he has his gimmick. He has his tights still on, and he rips them off right in front of Leo Rush's wife. So that pisses Leo Rush off, and then they say they start going at it, and the match gets really uh, intense as Leo Rush goes to dive to the uh, to the outside uh, to the bottom rope. Angel Garza catches him and gives him a power slam out on the floor. Sick stuff by uh, that guy. Then he goes for his. I don't know what Angel Garza's official move was like a double underhook. Sit down, f- kind of. I I don't know how to explain his move, but uh, it's a very close call. But Leo Rush does kick out. The crowd is into it. I mean, they're really really into this matchup. And uh, after that, uh, Leo Rush gets the upper hand and hits the frog splash to Angel Garza on uh, not not once but twice. Well, he he calls it the final hour. But it's still like the really high angle D'Lo Brown style frog splash, as y'all already know, to pick up the victory here. Great cruiserweight action here on NXT. Great way to start off the show. And you know, honestly, I haven't watched 205 Live much, so I can't judge this because I don't even know. Does Leo still do 205 Live? Do they still have the cruiserweight championship on 205 Live? Because if that's the case, why is there still 205 Live? There's no championship. You just want to just do pure cruiserweight wrestling that nobody really cares about, to be honest with you. So, that right there, I, I, like I said, I think it should move all the 205 Live guys over to NXT, uh, NXT UK, whatever the case may be, but that's what it was. Uh, Zion Lee taking on Aaliyah. Once again, I'm not the biggest Aaliyah fan that there is, but Zion Lee is that project. I think she's from, now is this the, the, the one from China, or I think she's the one from China. I'm not sure, but yeah. She is pretty good. Uh, the match was really much nothing, but Zaylee, uh, you dominated most of it. But then after that, yeah, first of all, that's right. She is Chinese. She's uh, she's the first Chinese superstar. A lot of them we get from Japan, such as you know your Oscars and your Kyrie Zanes, but she is from uh, China. So 
And uh, she hits a, a spinning heel kick on Aaliyah and busts her shit all open. And Aaliyah is like just bleeding profusely through her nose and mouth and everything. Then she had pictures of backstage of what Aaliyah looked like back there. So uh, she picks up the win here. If, I, you know, if you're going with storyline ways, I would think that Vanessa Bourne would be the next one to take on Zia Lee. Maybe in next week's NXT or the week after that. Because I haven't seen Vanessa Bourne in action for a while. So I don't know where she's at, if she's still doing. If she, I mean, I know she's probably wrestling on house shows, but I haven't seen Vanessa Bourne wrestle, honestly, since Oscar was in NXT. No, no, I'm lying. Since Kyrie Zane was in NXT. So I don't even know if Vanessa Bourne is still doing the wrestling stuff like that. Next up, Finn Balor comes out for a promo. He letting everybody know what happened to NXT. When he was in NXT, it was great. They had all the great stars, and then he left, and the NXT got lazy. NXT got real lazy, and there's no heart. There's no passion. We see what's out there, and all the locker room's not tough. But then somebody to come out there and answer the call is Matt Riddle. So I figured it was going to probably go this way because, obviously, the way this thing was going to go was supposed to be Johnny Gorgano versus Finn Balor with Johnny Gorgano got a neck injury. I can't help but to say if it's, if it's because of that 1916 that Finn Balor gave him on the stage because that joint looked very stiff and like he fell right on his head. So I'm not necessarily sure, but it sucks that, that we're going we're, we're gonna to be deprived of that matchup. But having Matt Riddle step up to it, I'm okay with that. So Matt Riddle comes out there and starts beating down Finn Balor and beats him into the crowd so Finn Balor escapes away. And he, he's telling him, you know, you better run on, bro. And then the Undisputed Era comes out, says, wrong place. Wrong time. But don't worry. The cavalry comes out as Tommaso Ciampa and Keith Lee come out there to kind of even the odds. And then they get Keith Lee some mic time. Because Keith Lee hasn't had too much mic time since being in NXT. Other than that uh, feud he had with Cassius Ono like a year or so ago. So he says that, you know, he challenges. Uh, as Roderick Strong keeps telling him to shut up. He challenges Roderick Strong uh, right now one-on-one. So we get a Roderick Strong versus Keith Lee matchup because we see how Roderick Strong stole that win for the triple threat match between Keith Lee, him, and Dominic Dajakovic. Good matchup by these two. Nice back and forth action. Once again, uh, not to take away a great superplex off the top rope uh, by Roderick Strong on the Keith Lee. Like I say, sometimes you just don't, don't know what Keith Lee can do, and then he will just uh, show it. Then, uh, of course, the Undisputed Era comes out but then Ciampa comes out along with Dominic Dijakovic who comes in and try to even up the odds here oh no I'm still getting ahead of myself him and Riddle come out it's uh Ciampa and Riddle come out to uh be able to undisputed era but then Finn Balor comes back to beat up Matt Riddle and then uh gives him a sling blade on the outside it gives him a shotgun drop kick right into the steel steps and uh Keith Lee uh, catches Roderick Strong as she goes for a pin attempt and puts him in the uh, ground zero. Wins the match. After the match, Undisputed Era jump up, jump Keith Lee. Then Dominic Dajakovic comes down and starts beating up everybody. Then stares down. Chopper says he wants a part on that team and looks at Keith Lee. And they shake hands as uh, rivalries become uh, friends temporarily to take on the Undisputed Era inside War Games. Now, once again... I don't know if Matt Riddle's going to do double duty. That would be completely stupid if he does. But I'm just saying it would be a possibility. It could be a possibility that he does do that. But I, I don't think it's going to be enough break for him to, uh, to do that, <laughs> honestly. So we, we got to see what happens or if they're going to try to find a fourth guy, like I said. Because with 
Gorgano going down. I, it, it really kind of ruffled the car a little bit, but still, I'm still excited for War Games nonetheless. Uh, next up, we got Isaiah Swerve Sky taking on Bronson Reed. So, a uh, good big man, little man matchup, which is somebody who who knows me, knows that I am a fan of big man, little man matchups, especially when the big man is good, because I'm a fan of old school wrestling, and like I said some of my favorite big men, my favorite, one of my favorite big men of all time is Vader. So, seeing, you know, big man that could really do good, that, that is also good at being a big man, not trying to be a big, no disrespect to Keith Lee or anything like that, but I don't like big guys that do little guy moves all the time, you know? That just bothers me all the time because sometimes I miss you. You, I like when you pull them out, it's cool. But I like the art of being a big man, and I think Bronson Reed, you know, is in a way kind of leaning towards the art of being a a big man wrestler, but still very very athletic. Uh, but the match is pretty good there. Uh, he trash goes for that kind of like bonsai draw like Rikishi used to do, but uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott hits him with the house call. I like that move that he does, the house call move, right in the back of the head, and then just uh, picks up the win here. So Isaiah, you know, saying, hey, I think I need to pick you up on my fantasy. I ain't going to let nobody know that just yet. Uh, next up, we're supposed to have uh, Pete Dunn versus Killian Dane, but we don't get to that because Damian Priest comes up and attacks uh, Pete Dunn, and we have a whole brawl between the three men, which could lead to a triple threat matchup. I don't know if it's going to be at war games or not because i don't know what the card is for war games that are other than the two war games matches and uh balor and uh riddle so it could be at war games who knows but they, they attack and then the security guards the security quotation try to get in there dan priest sends a power bomb to them knocking the whole pile down so it was a, it was a great looking brawl so it, it was really cool but I, I said i don't know what the plan is for war games but it, it, you know maybe Dave may have a triple threat match. I don't know. You can do that. We'll find out. Main event time. Um, Io Shirai defeats me. Uh, excuse me. Well, first is me AM in a War Games Advantage ladder match. Now, when I heard this was going to happen, I uh, see. Here's the thing. If anybody knows the history of War Games, not talking about the W War Games. I'm talking about the classic WCW late '80s early 90s war games the faces the heroes never got the advantage i think they only got the advantage one time when it was like a sting squadron you know t t taking on a, a dungeon of doom i think that's what it was and they, they kind of like just swept the whole team because it was hogan sting uh macho man and i was uh, i forgot who the fourth one was so yeah uh maybe luger i'm not sure but when I see this ladder match, I was like, okay, let me just see what the quality of the ladder match is going to be because I know Mia Yim is losing. She's the, they never, the, the faces never win. And they come to find out as they're uh, bringing the, the ladies out for this matchup, next week is going to be Adam Cole taking on Dominic Dajakovic in the same kind of matchup, exactly the same next week in a ladder match for the war games advantage why would you do that now see that that right there is dumb to me and that right there shows kind of signs of being a little bit desperate because you, why would you have back-to-back -back ladder matches 
You know, I understand you're trying to have all this action because you're probably trying to compete with AEW, but it's the results are still going to be the same. Now, they, they would not have Ciampa's team. I mean, whatever. They, they, they could, but even if y'all want to do that, y'all could have did, you know, you could have given the, the women the ladder and, and had the men do it on the pole, but that would be, you know, people would feel more away. Or you could give the ladies on the pole match and then the men a ladder match. or not, But you're doing two back-to-back ladder matches. Don't sure how I feel about that. But uh, between me and Io Shirai came out there and the, the match was actually really good. There were just some spots on there where it's like, Mia Yim kind of overthrew Shirai, or Shirai kind of was like overselling and missed the ladder, such as she was running, trying to do a belly to belly to the, to, uh, she's running to Mia Yim, and she goes to do a belly to belly, and then she right onto the ladder, but she catches the edge of the ladder, knowing she's supposed to fall right on there, or when Mia Yim suplexes Io Shirai on the ladder, she catches the edge and not fully on the ladder. Now, I don't know if she planned that, because you don't want to take that big brunt of a bump right there on the ladder. I get it, but it just looked like she was missing the ladder, you know, on certain things. Uh, they set up a ladder on the outside, but they set it up kind of weird because it looked like it was a mistake. Like, there, there's a ladder that was braced from the barricade, but not to the ring like they do in WWE where you see the, the, the right there on the apron, the ladder, and then right there on the barricade. It was uh, a ladder balanced on the barricade going down to the floor. So I was like... Alright, well, it was, it was going to be a missed spot. I, I didn't think nothing of it. Usually when I see it on the apron, I, I know what spot is coming. But I, honestly, I didn't think anything of it. So, as the match is going on, uh, we got Dakota Kai running down. And I'm like, okay, so Dakota Kai's on the team. So, I guess she's trying to give the advantage to me. Yeah, but Yoshirai sees that, gives her and me a, a moonsault on the outside. Me Yim has the ladder. And this was uh, the Io Shirai's on the outside. She springboards in and gives a front jockey right to me and and busts her face wide open. Like, to the point where she was bleeding so much, like, they had to get the camera off of Mia because you can see the ladder ricochet right in me and face. I was like, that, that was sick. Uh, So the referees are going to her to bleed. I was just like, okay, well, then this is the time for EO to win this. But instead of EO just going up there and winning it, she's taking her time climbing up the ladder. And then Mia Yim comes back in there. So they they must have got her dressed up uh, really nicely. And she comes back and still is fighting. And then they take down EO Shirai. And I'm like, wait a minute. Are we actually going to see the faces get the advantage? So Mia Yim was climbing up. And then... Here comes Katie Kaylee Ray, who is the NXT UK Women's Championship, who should have been 2K20, and uh, comes down and pushes me and Lim off the ladder. I'm like, wait a minute, you're going to push it down to the, the floor? And then it popped in me. Oh, the ladder is still on the outside. And she falls through the ladder, and I was like, whoa, props to her give, uh, taking that bump, to be honest with you, props to taking that bump. And then... Shayna Baszler's team wins for uh, the War Games advantage, so it's always going to be a handicap in there when it comes to the faces. So, Bianca Belair mm, and Kaylee Ray all come out, and they all on the ladder celebrate with Kyrie Zane, and then Shayna Baszler up at the top of the ramp 
clapping, and then Bailey comes out of nowhere, hits her with a steel chair, and hits her with that EC3 finishing move that she does now, taking out Shayna Baszler, and then Bianca Belair and uh, Kaylee Ray and Io try, try to go up there and attack her, but she runs off. And that's how NXT ends for the week. So, I thought NXT was actually uh, pretty good. I enjoyed NXT this week. I said it, it, it was it was a real good uh, lineup of matches. But, you know, it's still going on with stories. I'm, I'm going to see what's going on with, like, the war games, what's going on with Matt Rose, stuff like that. But now we have to jump over to TNT for AEW Dynamite, which is the Full Gear Fallout. This is the first AEW after Full Gear. And, of course, we got to start off with John Moxley in action. And uh, we start off... With John Moxley taking on, his name is uh, Michael N- N- Nakazawa. <laughs> so, and uh, th- this is uh, he's a, he's a friend of Kenny Omega, I guess, from they had their history in New Japan. So they go and he tries to go at Moxley, but then uh, Moxley basically hits the paradigm shift for victory. That was it. It was a basically a, a squash match, and um, after the match, he gets the microphone. And he grabs it and said, Kenny Omega will never be the same again because that match was crazy violent. <laughs> it was crazy violent. And I'm glad that he kept Kenny Omega off TV. I'm surprised Moxley came back uh, t- tonight also. But I figured it would be a squash match because why Why make him work a 20-minute match right after that brutal 40-minute mayhem of a match they had uh, the, the other night at Full Gear? So, but he says, you know... Uh, when you step in the ring with me, kiss your love once goodbye because ain't nobody basically back there that can handle me or can step up to, you know, Moxley. So, next up, tag team action. You know, AEW loves a tag team. We have Evil Uno and Grayson, Dark Order, taking on Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy. <laughs> this is the match I call full of botches. A- every move was trying to look epic, but they just kept botching certain moves. I was like... Oh my God! Can y'all please get this in again? They were trying to launch and do, you know, hisses and take over something like that. It just wasn't working out for me, and it's taking me a lot out the matchup. But uh, in the end, uh, the Dark Order pick up the victory here, and it's like they're trying to get uh, Marco Stunt afterwards to try to join the Dark Order. And I was just like, I, I, I do not like the Dark Order at all. They are not scary. Whatever their gimmick is trying to be is not working for me. It, it's not working for me at all. They look more like a sex cult than they do somebody that's actually trying to be like, you know, something from another being world, like, like The Fiend. In other words, The Fiend, a lot more scarier, you know, than it is when it comes to uh, the Dark Order. Uh, but then, uh, as he, you know, his creepers, as they call them, all of a sudden, uh, uh, the Luchasaurus returns, and then he comes in and takes out all the Dark Order and all their creeps and all stuff like that. And the Luchasaurus is back from injury, and the Jurassic Express reunites. So uh, that, that that was a uh, good moment right there. Triple Threat match: Sean Spears uh, taking on the Librarian and uh, Darby Allen. So basically, this is a, a decent Triple Threat match here. Uh, Nothing too noteworthy other than Darby Allen hits the, co- the coffin drop. On the librarian, and uh, he picks up the win, calls out Moxley, and says he accepts the challenge. So next week it'll be Darby Allen taking on John Moxley. I well, I want to see a regular match between them first because Darby Allen is good wrestler uh, by himself. So is Moxley, but in a hardcore setting, my God, y'all think Kenny Omega 
So, I mean, because Terry Baker, you know, is very athletic. He's going to do that stuff like that to make a good match. But Darby Allen will kill himself to do that. So, I, I, I would like to see a, a hardcore match between Darby Allen and John Moxley. But you got to give John Moxley some time to heal up first before he does anything like that. Nyla Rose in action, and she's taking on uh, Danny Jordan. Uh, basically, uh, a glorified squash match here. Danny Jordan could not really get any amount of offense on. It's something that's to make uh, Nyla Rose look extremely strong, which she already does. Which, uh, after losing her opportunity to win the Women's Championship, you can expect this is probably stuff that's going to happen. So, Nyla Rose picks up the win here. So, uh, that's basically what it was. Then we have Tony Schiavone doing the old Mean Gene WCW thing, interviewing Allie on the ramp. And I said she was excited for the show and, you know, AEW on Diamond TT, all that great stuff. And then Awesome Kong and Brandy Rose, with this new gimmick they have, come out, attack Allie. And then Brandy Rose gets a piece of the hair. And then Awesome Kong picks up this knife and cuts the hair and it stuffs it in her waistband. I'm like, what? Is going on. I'm interested of uh, what's going on with this, uh, with this, with this new gimmick and storylines going on. But I'm also cautious at the same time. So I, I don't know what to, to what to take from it. But it, I mean, I, I'm still gonna be excited about it. Out next is the lead champion, Chris Jericho, letting everybody know that AEW, he puts AEW on the map, and he deserves an uh, thank you from the front office for putting a, a, a AEW on the map and for beating up Cody that entitled millennial son of a bitch he uses. As Cody music hits, MJ, a, a, MJF, his former friend, comes out and they've been booing him. He says, you're booing the wrong person. I said, because Cody's one that gives less of a shit about any of you. And I'm like, they are still allowed to say that word on TNT. So I'm like, okay. Well, he says, the real Cody is a liar and an abuser, and he's the only one to keep MJF underneath the thumb. So, uh, MJF heard that Jericho wanted him to join his inner circle, and uh, he said, funny, I heard you wanted to join my inner circle. And they both agreed that Cody was the biggest jackass in, in AEW when they had like a little back and forth kind of like, you know, talking a match, and then Cody comes down, and... Cody comes out trying to attack Jericho and MJF, but then he gets obviously uh, beat down. And this new guy, what is his name? Uh, it, it wasn't Jake Hager or Hager. It was uh, uh, this new guy that they were showing vignettes for, you know, like uh, for the past couple weeks. He comes down, and then they uh, beat down Cody Rhodes and chokes him with his tie. And I'm like, wow. So that was a, that was a good statement there. Hangman Page taking on Pac in the rubber match. Uh, both uh, both men each hold a victory because Adam Page just won at full gear. And then Pac actually won before that. So, once again, we got the third match right now. I did not expect the whole match to be right now, to be honest with you. But, uh, good matchup bodies too. Uh, do I, which one do I like better? I, I think I like the full gear match a little bit better, in my personal opinion. But... These two have a uh, great action here as uh, Neville. Excuse, I gotta stop saying Neville. As Pac hits the Black Arrow and finishes with that Rings of Saturn, and uh, uh, Page goes unconscious, and then Pac gets the win, and so now Pac went. Pac wins the series, so now Page can move on to something else after this. I don't think Pac needed to win, but they gave it to him anyway. So let's see what it is. 
Uh, backstage, we see brawling between the Young Bucks and Pr- uh, Pr- was it Pr- Pride, but Proud and Powerful. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, and they're brawling. It's a backstage brawl. So I'm like, great, we get to see backstage brawls at AEW finally. So they're, they're brawling, and then what the funny spot is, they come up back uh, as a brawl backstage. They uh, throw, uh, I think Santana throws one of the young bucks to, the, to like the bathroom, and you just see Orange Cassidy just standing there in the bathroom, and everybody's cheering, and he just sits there, quietly closes the door back as he's going back to brawling. So I thought that was kind of cool. They make their way back out to the uh, entranceway right there on top of the ramp. And then uh, uh, Santana Ortiz get the, get a little spray paint and spray a little circle right there on this marker. And they powerbomb Matt Jackson, I believe it is, right through the, right through the stage. And uh, but, but also a uh, prior party tried to come out and they, they tried to help them out. But uh, it was... Uh, no, the day was already done. So that was uh, this segment once again. The, the Ortiz and uh, in uh, Santana thing. I'm liking it. Like I said, I, I'm liking them here. I like the you know that new LX they had in Impact. So having them here and then uh, like I said, they put a lot of emphasis on tag team wrestling and the storyline. So I like that about AEW. Their tag team uh, division is great. Main event time as the AEW Tag Team Champions SCU. Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, accompanied by Christopher Daniels, who just made his return at Full Gear uh, the night before, versus AEW World Champion Chris Jericho, and uh, he's coming out by what they call the Big Hurt, Jack Hager, or Hager. First of all, we already know Frank Thomas is the Big Hurt, but you know, hey, what do I know, right? And the Spanish guy Sammy Guevara. Uh, Good matchup by these two here. Uh, first of all, I was like, once again, another tag team match is main event in the show. A good showing of having SCU out there with the champion right now. Uh, Scorpio Scott tries to bounce off the ring and gets the double knees in the face as the cold breaker, but kicks out of the cold breaker. I was like, I'm surprised he kicked out the cold breaker. And then rolls up Chris Jericho for the pin. And, d- and SCU gets a win over the champion, and Jericho goes old school and pulls out the old WCW Chris Jericho tantrum. He goes, starts to destroy stuff on the outside, pulls down the gate and everything, takes the chair, and starts banging it across the uh, the ring post. Old Chris Jericho stuff like that. So I like that. I, I thought it was pretty cool. A, a nice shot of what Chris Jericho used to do. And so that was AEW Dynamite. So... Who do I think won for the week when it, see, when it came to matches? I think NXT had the better matches where AEW had the better progressing of storylines. But they, they both did good. So, honestly, uh, it's very, very hard. But I'm thinking that I'm going to give the win to NXT this week. Because that women's ladder match main event I think was a better main event, in my personal opinion. And uh, I, I like the whole... Uh, like I said, we're, still, we're still going into Survivor Series mode plus War Games mode. So, I, I'm going to give NXT the slight edge. It's like it, it won just by a hair in, in, uh, in this one, you know, when it came, came to me. So, post your comments down below who you think won for the week between AEW and NXT. And stay tuned. Hopefully, I'll have this up earlier for next week when it comes to AEW and NXT. So, once again, this is, uh, we're going to move on to the final thing, uh, after this, uh, we got, we got a little bit of stuff more to talk about 
as well. All right, I want to finish off uh, the podcast with this one thing, and that is about Sin Cara. So Sin Cara just posted a tweet asking for his release uh, the other day, and I was sitting there, and it was in Spanish, and it was translated to English, and uh, Sin Cara had a lot of stuff to ask, so... Uh, he, 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 I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read what he has written down here. And give give you my thoughts real quick before I close out the podcast. And it says here, last night after uh, after praying and considering it a lot, thinking about my children, their future, I made one of the most difficult and sensible decisions I have had to make in my professional wrestling career. I have asked my WWE release. Since I was a child, all I wanted to do was fight, and all my life I have taken this. Uh, taking decisions and sacrifice to put myself in a position to fulfill that dream. There are 20 long years of experience and total dedication to my sport that I love and respect. I have traveled the world, met incredible people, and fought the incredible fan, uh, was it, fought for the incredible fans of the WWE Universe. I am so grateful for the opportunity they gave me. However, I realize that I'm stuck in a place where I am not valued and uh, as an athlete or talent, I have worked hard and honestly for many years to polish my trade. I have been loyal, respectful, a team player, support, and I have waited patiently for the opportunity to show the world everything I can do. Unfortunately, after all these years, that opportunity never came or feel that it will <laughs> will ever come while I remain where I am. The best years of my professional wrestling career are coming uh, are coming yes, that's, that's what you said because Sin Cara is kind of old uh, and I think the best year is yet to come I am healthy disciplined man respectful of my profession and its environment and my uh, companions and uh, mainly of the public who has never failed this is not the end on the contrary this is the beginning of the next chapter and I am excited for what the future holds I want to thank WWE for this incredible chapter. I will always be grateful. Most importantly, thanks to the WWE Universe for its unwaveringly support and to all my public that in all parts of the world have supported me and show its affection. The only way I can correspond is by continuing to provide with all the narrow passion and professionalism that I have always shown. Thanks from the bottom of my heart. Now, a couple of things real quick that I want to get into with the Sin Cara thing is that he's right. I would ask for my release too because Sin Cara has been stuck there. Sin Cara was one of Triple H signs when he was doing the, you know, the executive job that he had back in like 2011 when he was still kind of wrestling, but you know he was doing a lot more backstage stuff to learn the business a lot, and he made a sign of Sin Cara. And Sin Cara, when he came in 2011, that wasn't the one that we got now is not the original Sin Cara because this one's the uh, Hunico version of Sin Cara or the Sin Cara Negro, the Sin Cara Black that they had because he's the evil Sin Cara and the first Sin Cara they had wasn't working out at all and uh, he was very injury prone and it just it really did not work out and they had the rivalry back in Hell in the Cell in 2011 and then the evil Sin Cara turned into Hunico and then he basically determined to a Chulo and then after that, he goes back to going to Mantle of Sin Cara, 
and Sin Cara has not really had any meaningful highlights in his almost 10 year WWE career other than he just he just was in that money in the bank uh not money in the bank in the Intercontinental Championship ladder match at WrestleMania 32 I believe it was and that's probably the only highlight Sin Cara had at, at a WrestleMania, and like I said, Sin Cara, I think, is in his 40s now, or early 40s, so he is very, very pushing up on age, but people don't really know about him, and it's, it's unfortunate that most of these luchadors have not gotten to that Rey Mysterio level, because a lot of these luchadors are good, but when they don't put the rocket behind them, you don't know what they can do. Now, will WWE grant his release? Probably not, but it's a thing where at least uh, he's out there asking for it, and I don't blame him for wanting to get his release. And he, I mean, he deserves, uh, he, he deserves much of that. I, like I said, I like Sin Cara. I like, I like his moveset. I like the idea of Sin Cara. Now, obviously, he kept botching a little bit, but then there was something that they did in WWE to make me get behind this guy. So, I wish him the best. I don't know. Like I said, WWE is probably not going to grin, and they're probably going to be extremely petty because they don't want him going to uh, a triple A or AEW or there's no more Lucha Underground obviously so uh, a New Japan or any type of competition that's going to basically show off all the things Sin Cara can do but you know I wish you the best I want him to show off more that he can do before he uh, has to retire because once again when you're in your 40s or your late 30s or 40s like that is that's sports old that's that no matter what sport you're doing that's just that's old so you really want to go out there and show your crap before you can do that. But guys, that's going to end it for the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. Uh, like I said, I ended it by myself today. So uh, make sure you guys go to spacesphilly.com to check out all the production we're part of. Check out all the great podcasts they have over there. Both sides, the Lula Pop and the Lula Pop Horror War Show. Also, make sure you guys check out all our content over there in the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. Turntable, Sip by Culture and Beyond, Nerd Guys to Talk Podcast, and of course, Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tones. You guys can find us on all the podcast apps, such as Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, and you guys can also find us on uh, YouTube. Obviously, if you listen to YouTube, you listen to uh, YouTube Premium. And uh, once again, they have a free trial going on, but if I'm to my understanding, if you have Google Play, you have YouTube Premium. So, once again, great show. I appreciate all my co-hosts there who helped me out earlier in the show and everything. But now it's time to end the show. And I'm your host, uh, Mr. A&E and Q-Flow, wherever you're at, take us out. To your ears, welcome to the show. We don't need any gimmicks, you already know. So sit back, relax, and hit the like button. Go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming. Swag on trivia and prompts top five. Either way, it's fun and you're hearing it live. Join with your host, Mr. A and E. Yeah, you know it's the place to be. It's in C.
At Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you that the world as we know it would not exist without the number zero. Which is why, at Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. Even with no sugar, it packs all of the bold citrus kick Dew Nation knows and loves. It's so good, you have no reason not to try it. As in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar. All Dew.